0: Hey friends, welcome to It's All In My Head, where I talk to people about their experiences with mental health in a real, raw, and vulnerable way. I'm here to share stories that connect us to others in the way that mental health shows up for us, the challenges that we face, the stuff that gets us through, and perhaps most importantly, how we remain resilient. I'm your host, Joel Kaskinen. Hey, welcome back to our new episode of It's All in My Head. Um, actually, this is the one year anniversary, anniversary episode of uh, It's All in My Head. Um, I launched one year ago um, this Saturday, so October 3rd um 2020 was when i launched it's all in my head and so uh, i'm super thrilled to have my one year anniversary episode with one of my best friends samantha Hull.
1: oh my gosh you did not <laughs> tell me that what an honor are you I, kidding
0: i honestly forgot that this was happening until like now um it's really funny i was like looking at my calendar like um before we got into recording. And I went, Oh my God, this is my one year anniversary episode. And it's literally labeled in my like content calendar mm-hmm. as one year anniversary episode. And I didn't have a guest lined up because the person that I initially was like hoping to record with, she actually, so she's going in for surgery and is like having a whole like health situation time right now. Um, And so I like felt really badly, but I was like, I'm not going to put this on you. Like, of course, like it's cool. So that's why I, like, reached out to you the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, who else do I, like, n- love and adore and, like, want to, like, have on this special occasion episode? And I could have had, like, so many other people. I mean, like, I am I have, like, a whole list of people that, like, have already confirmed that they'll record with me for this season. But I was like, I need someone who I can, like, do right now, right now. Let's go get it done. Like, so that's where you came in.
1: And I'm here. So, oh, thanks for being here. <laughs> What a surprise. I am so honored. I am shocked, but I'm super excited. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So Sam, um, I'm going to just ask you to introduce yourself um, for our listeners. So obviously, like I know you, I love you. We've been friends mm-hmm. for years. Um, kind of Listeners, my introduction would be Sam. I originally knew as Samantha Redd um, and we met through mutual friends um, at college way back in the day, mm-hmm. so like years ago. Was that 2015 that we met, I think? But yeah, we were doing like an exchange service trip and, or service exchange trip. Um, and so we, students at Saginaw Valley State University where you were at school and students at Northern Michigan University where I was at school, did like two weekends of exchange and so two of your really good friends were part of that program and Mm -hmm. that's how we met right is that yeah explain that differently what no
1: (laughs) I think it I think it's the funniest because like yeah so I wasn't even on the trip so like you were just on campus and my friends were like Joel like you have to meet Samantha um because like we both were just like had so much school pride like you yeah. were all northern michigan i was all svsc like we were both known respectively for our school spirit and they're like you guys have to meet and then we met <laughs> and we have just stayed in close contact for years it's so yeah. crazy how that happened
0: that is crazy do you still talk to anna or caitlin
1: i do yeah i do yeah, i'm gonna see, talk but... to anna yeah i think this weekend so yeah it's it's oh so gosh. crazy
0: yeah. So Anna and I, like, still have maintained our um Twitter relationship. that so we, like, talk on Twitter most. Um And then mm-hmm. Caitlin and I, like, will occasionally, like, text and things, but it's yeah. so funny.
1: I know. I love it. I love those just, like, random, like, meetups like that. And then mm-hmm. they just, it's so special when they last a long time, so. Exactly.
0: Well, and then we went to the Oshkosh Placement Exchange together. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. when we, like really, I think that's when we spend the most time because we, like, went out to dinner and stuff and, like, met, like, in person Mm -hmm. for a couple of days and not just, like, a half hour.
1: Which, I mean, that's, like, a huge bonding experience, like, OPE, like, Mm -hmm. being in that environment, um, having all those interviews, like, it's, like, really, it can be high stress and so being able to do that together was, like, really, I think, foundational for our friendship, so. Yeah,
0: totally. Oh, okay, so, um, (laughs) Now that we've established all of that, um, mm-hmm. introduce yourself a little bit further, share, you know, who you are, um, what you do, mm-hmm. your passions, etc. cetera. Um, and then if you could kick us off um, by just sharing where you're at in your mental health journey and what that's looking like and feeling like today and yeah, mm. we'll get into our conversation.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So uh, my name is Samantha. I. Um, like Joel said, went to Saginaw Valley State for college, and um, there I was undecided for a few years. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was very open to like the college experience in terms of like exploration. And so I jumped around quite a bit. Um, I thought for a minute that I would end up um, with Parks and Recreation. Um, planning events for the community, um, being involved in just kind of um, creating um, programs and activities for people to enjoy together. Um, And then uh, about, I think my sophomore, junior year, um, I was an RA, I was a resident assistant. And so my resident director had this conversation with me like, hey, like you can do all those things that you love, like planning events, building community, you can do that on a college campus and like my light bulb just went off like oh my gosh like you're totally right like it's a very transferable and so um from then on i kind of started to pursue higher education and student affairs as a career um you know i finished strong at svsu and then i went down to nova southeastern university in fort lauderdale florida for the best two years of my life um it was a um <laughs> I would say it was more of like a two-year vacation than like a two years of grad school. Like we had this beautiful pool in the backyard like waterfall and everything Um, you know it was just we were 10 minutes from the beach i mean south florida has so much diversity and um, incredible food and just like a really great kind of like atmosphere obviously and so like it was just amazing Um, and i also obviously like went to school too um, and worked and so um, there i had a few different experiences my favorite probably working in our student leadership office doing like leadership programming um and really just fell in love with that and kind of reconfirmed my um you know kind of career in student affairs and um now i'm at a small college in michigan um, where i wear many different hats i do everything from like student organizations to Um, events on campus to service to leadership and so it's been a really great experience being able to um really again have more exposure to the various areas of student affairs um it really is a vast industry um and so being able to really just you know this was a really great like first job for me to be able to find out like what i really you know i'm passionate about um and then take those skills um you know one day you know somewhere else and um so yeah so that's kind of, I guess, my little bit of my journey, um, you know, in, in student affairs and higher ed. Um, and then mental health, I mean, it is, I, you know, as is everyone, it's definitely a, um, what's the word? It is always changing, always growing, always adapting to what's happening right now. Um, and so I think most recently, um, what I have been maybe struggling with, um has been like separating like my happiness from like my work performance um and so understanding that um you know my my mental well-being can't be based solely on how i do at work or how work things are going um, because at the end of the day, when things you know don't go well at work, I mean, I can't. You know, that doesn't mean that I should just be unhappy and that's it, right? Um, so, you know, trying to really uh, have that boundary of like work-life balance um, and understanding that you know my worth is not derived from work, um, which is something that I've always struggled with. Um, you know, growing up, like I I got good grades and stuff. And when I didn't get good grades like that, like took a toll on me. And so I think it's it's definitely an ongoing process, right, of um, separating those two things and and understanding and 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 reaffirming, you know, um, myself and that I am so much more than just work. You know, I am a daughter, a sister, a friend, an aunt. And so really kind of like focusing more on, you know, those identities versus just like my work identity most recently.
0: I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me. My allergies are like so bad. So I'm like all stuffy. <laughs> um, so uh, I love that you mention separating your work identity from like other identities because you and I mm-hmm. are so career driven and we've talked mm-hmm. about this so much. Like we put so much emphasis on who we are based on like what we're doing at work. Mm hmm and how we're doing at work and who we're interacting with and what communities we're building and all of that jazz. So it's really interesting because I think that's something that's pretty common, especially among people in our generation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's also part of why our mental health is so screwed up and why we have this culture of busyness and, Mm -hmm. 80-hour work weeks, especially if that's something that we talk about mm-hmm. in undergrad. It's like, oh, well, we're <laughs> working 80 hours, so we're doing better than you. And it's like, mm-hmm. fuck that, Jazz. Like, that is all just a bunch of fucking crap. Like, mm-hmm. we need to start taking better care of ourselves. We need to know what our identities and values are outside of work. It's just honestly mm-hmm. disgusting. But um, So I do think that you hit the nail on the head with, like, it comes down to how do we separate and like not make ourselves feel worthless when we have a struggle at
1: work yeah and i've you know and most recently I've, i've tried to find those outlets right where i can like remind myself and so like one of those things has been, um, you know, I, I love writing. I love like writing notes, not so much journaling. I wish I was a journaler. I have never really gotten into it. Um, but even just like writing like a gratitude note to a colleague or a friend or a family, mem- family member, um, just to kind of like channel again um, myself and like who I am and who I wanna be um, in terms of expressing that gratitude Um, has been really helpful for me recently, getting back into that. I even emailed like a high school teacher from 10 years ago, if you can believe it, we are like literally, cause you're 2012 too, right?
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy that we're 10 years out?
1: Oh my gosh, I emailed (laughs) her and I'm like, (laughs) I was like, I do not expect you to remember me. Um, And I sent this whole message about something and she's like, oh my gosh, how could I forget you? And so it was just so sweet that interaction, but like just finding those moments, Um, has been really, really special to me recently and just, you know, reaffirming myself outside of work.
0: I love that. Um, That's so fun uh, that you use writing and gratitudes as a way. Mm -hmm. I personally think that that's like a mode of self-care, but it's also Mm -hmm. a way to like give back to other people. And so I think it's really powerful. I go in like these weird spurts of pen pal, Situations where I will write a friend or a family member and we'll exchange for weeks on end and then Mm -hmm. we'll go however long without (laughs) it and we'll jump back into it or I'll start with someone else and it's just fun Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes like I just need that additional like it gives me something to do it gives me like a meaningful moment to just spend Mm -hmm. processing thinking putting words on paper and pull myself out of a mental like bind maybe mm-hmm. if that's the correct word to use yeah. um whether it's work or personal or whatever like it's just nice to say hey julian or hey samantha or hey mom like and just write a letter and like mm-hmm. just share life so yeah. I, I i love that you're doing that uh, that's something that we try to do at my work again tying work and personal lives together but mm-hmm. um we, so I manage our social media accounts and we have been trying to do affirmations at least um, once a week. And I mean, I work for a nonprofit that's mental health and suicide um, prevention. So it's like, of course, like we want to give those gratitudes and those affirmations. But um, we think that by normalizing that and prioritizing that, like we're spreading positivity we're spreading good messages but we're also helping other people and we're helping ourselves and it's just a way to to check in so I think it's really cool that you're doing that um Mm -hmm. I I think it's interesting that you don't journal too that but you (laughs) write letters um again I go in spurts with journaling too like sometimes I'm like okay I journal every day and then like I don't do it for a year Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I I totally wish I did, though. I have some friends that have just, like, these, like, booklets and, like, novels and kind of, like, you know, encyclopedias of, like, each chapter of their lives written out. And that is, like, beautiful. I, I you know, I think it's just the best thing in the world. So I admire them and wish that I did that, but I didn't. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, cheers to that. Oh,
0: my gosh. So other than, like balancing work and personal identities. Mm -hmm. Where are you at with your mental health journey? I mean, you said um, a little bit about kind of like finding yourself between Mm -hmm. college and grad school. You talked about how grad school was the best two years of your life. And then now jumping into your professional work Mm -hmm. as a young adult, Mm -hmm. it's hard to make friends. It's hard to build community Mm -hmm. in a place that you've never lived before. Like, how has that been with your mental health?
1: Yeah, it's definitely been interesting. You know, I think I, I I definitely kind of lucked out a little bit with my first professional role um, being so close to my undergrad um, and so being able I you know I do have a lot of friends in the area from Saginaw Valley that I'm able to see and hang out with um, one of my best friends from college just asked me to be in her wedding last week and we met up like literally yeah. nearby and so that was just so special and so nice and so Um, That has been really lucky. I have so many friends that, like, you know, transplanted into a brand new area after grad school, and it's been so challenging. And, you know, it definitely has been challenging for me, too, um, trying to find, you know, that kind of, like, crew again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thankfully, I I have two really, really, really great co-workers at work that um, have been really great support systems for me. Um, you know, uh, just being able to be open and vulnerable with them have been like a game changer. Um, if I didn't have them, for sure, I imagine my mental health would be in a totally different space. And so being able to have that support system has been like incredibly like transformative um, and being able to go through what we're going through together as a team has just been so, so great. Um, and so, yeah, I would say it's definitely, you know, every day is different. Um, and so being able to kind of like take stock every day of, you know, okay, what i have going on, um, how can I affirm myself with affirmations throughout the day or throughout the week um you know that has been definitely a huge thing as well um so yeah and honestly it's funny I so I've been in this role I just had my third or fourth so I started in August 2018 so I just finished my third year um
2: -hmm.
1: I'm in my fourth year and I'm like still figuring out things and like figuring out how to like spend my free time like I'm still like it's it's weird not having like homework and like grad school and like college right
0: (laughs) It's funny that you bring that up too, because I felt the opposite in my third year in my role professionally. I was like, I've got it down. Like I knew my job in and out. I felt so comfortable, so confident that I was like trying to figure out what to do with my spare time and personal life because Mm. I felt so confident in my job. And I was like, my friends are great. My communities are like amazing, but I still don't feel like I'm doing the best that I can be. You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting that you're like here for and you're like, I'm still trying to figure this out because I think we all go through that a little bit. Like whether it's navigating work or navigating personal life or both, I think we all go through that.
1: Yeah. So I'm still trying to find like a good routine. Um, I did a bit of biking this summer though, and that was yeah. kind of nice. <laughs>
0: My ass was not made for biking.
1: Here's the thing. I, I, again, I wish I was a runner, but I could never be a runner. I do not have that kind of endurance. You love running, though, don't you?
0: I do, yeah. I haven't done it in, like, way too long because my lazy, fat <laughs> ass has been... Well, it started with grad school. I took a break while I was, like, working professionally and in grad school full-time my first year. And then I got back into it a little bit, and then... My depression spiral happened and I was like mama's not leaving mama's not moving and like I was just like drinking a ton and like lying in bed watching the Real Housewives and now I'm still stuck in that like I need to get moving and be active and you know like mm-hmm. put myself back out there because I like running and I like the movement and I like being healthy and I eat pretty well but it's like I, st- I just haven't gotten myself into that physical space again I'm, I think I'm doing better mentally and emotionally where I can get myself into that physical spot of like, let's go out and do something. But mm-hmm. um, I just haven't gotten there. But yes, I do love running and I need to get back into it, so. There you
1: go, that's your I'm glad that you would love
0: hiking because I, <laughs> I, my ass was just not made for it. It's too skinny and bony and doesn't have enough padding to sit on those uncomfy, disgusting seats. And I'm also, I'm all legs, so. Like, no bike is tall enough for me. Like, I literally think I would have to have, like, a tailor-made bike that, like, fits my legs because my torso is all of five inches and my legs are, like, five (laughs) feet.
1: (laughs) Tell me how you really feel, though. (laughs) Come on, Joel, Don't hold back. Don't hold back now. Oh,
0: my my gosh. gosh. You know me. I don't hold back. I feel like I... Oh, my gosh, maybe I should change my podcast to be uh, not holding back or something like
1: mm-hmm.
0: like let it out or have at it or not holding back with Joel or something stupid. I don't I know. Mean,
1: this is your year anniversary. So, like, now <laughs> is the time to, like, make that brand change.
0: <laughs> I have been thinking about a brand change. Um, so we're totally distracted from you, but that's OK. <laughs> um, We'll get back to you uh so I have been thinking about a rebrand for the podcast so I started it's all in my head because I wanted it to be a playoff of the phrase that like you always hear like from people who don't support mental health it's like oh it's all in your head like just get over it stop being sad like it's all in your head Joel so it's like I wanted it to purposefully be that like negative kind of trope because I wanted to talk about that Um, um and by it being it's all in my head versus it's all in our head, because it's a community centric podcast and a conversational podcast, it brought it back onto me rather than like everyone. And so I kind of I wanted it to like focus on me, but also like, be a conversation starter of like, based on based on that, like, trope that antiquated old way of thinking. And so I'm kind of past that though, like, I mean, I love the name and i love the brand that i've had for the first year but i do think i'm outgrowing it and i'm adapting in other ways and especially now that i work in mental health i like really don't want to hold on to that derogatory like negative connotation um and so i'm kind of thinking about like rebranding into something different and i'll tell you off the pad because i have a couple of ideas and I like want to bounce it off of you. uh, Um, but I'm not ready to share it publicly yet. Um, so yeah. Anywho,
1: I think that's great. I think, um, being able to like evolve with the podcast over the years, I think is just like really, really great. I think being able to like being aware of like current events and like what's happening and how you're evolving as a person, I think that just shows great growth and it kind of reinforces growth to your listeners too.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. Well, I just feel I started this out of like such a dark place and I still Mm -hmm. am like coming out of that for sure. But I think I'm doing so much better mentally. I didn't take my medications this morning. I'm doing so much better mentally and emotionally. Like, I just, I feel so much lighter. And yes, I certainly have my bad days. And like, I mean, we're coming up on another anniversary. So like, of course, I'm like, I'm going to have those like times of struggle. But um, I do feel like overall talking and like having this podcast and working now in the mental health nonprofit world, I have found so much healing through the support of other people sharing their Mm -hmm. stories with me and me being able to share my story that I do feel like I have grown and evolved. And so, yeah, all of that being said, potential rebrand coming.
1: Coming soon, you heard it here first on the one-year anniversary first on the one
0: year anniversary <laughs> podcast episode with Samantha Red.
1: <laughs> Samantha Red, let's actually talk about that. I know I mentioned yes. this to you before we started that I wanted to kind of touch base on that. So, like I said, so you know me as Samantha Red. Right? Like that's how you met me. Um, it's kind of a funny story. So the name originated um, from a early morning like networking breakfast that I went to with some um, friends in an organization that I was in. Um, and so it was like early. I'm not an early person. Like I'm not a morning person at all. And so I know that I like probably showed up looking. Not 100%. I'm probably visibly tired. Like I, you know, bags under my eyes. No doubt about it. I'm not going to deny any of this, right?
0: Oh, hell no. And so. (laughs) Pajama-esque look.
1: We need to start like labeling it as like pajama chic or like PJ
0: chic or something.
1: Yes, I was owning it. I definitely was just like, you know what, this is me, whatever. So it's like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. at this like breakfast with like some pretty like big people at SVSU like we were networking. And by the way, like, I'm not a good networker. Like, I just like, it's not my thing. It's not natural to me. Um, But so like, I'm there, I'm doing it. I'm like kind of like tag teaming with one of my friends. Um, We're meeting somebody and we're shaking hands. And, um, you know, I I swear that I said, hi, my name is Samantha Hall, right? And she swears like to her grave. She swears (laughs) that I said, hi, my name is Samantha Red. And like Samantha Red did not exist before then. Like I did, like no one, like you know, no one called me that before. Like this was like the first time anyone ever said those words together. And so like she's laughing about it later, and I'm like, no way. And so it became this joke. And so then everyone called me Samantha Red, and I, you know, it, it worked because I was very school spirit and a lot of school pride yeah. and everything. So, um, so yeah. So she will take that to her grave, and it's okay. It it all worked out. Um, but yeah. So I so. Pretty common. I mean, like in high school, I was definitely a little bit more shy. Um, I was like really into um, my classes, like freshman through junior year. I kind of found a really good group of friends my senior year that I, you know, was more outgoing with and hung out with more, but for the most part, like pretty reserved, pretty shy. Um, And then college, again, very common. You break out of your comfort zone, you meet friends, you kind of find yourself, right? Um, You find your values and what you believe in and you really kind of like cement, you know, what you want to be as a person. And for me, I found that very quickly through school spirit, you know, showing up to the football games with my face painted and, you know, always wearing like red everything. Um, I loved it. And like, that's where I really found myself as someone who just had this amazing affinity for SVSU. Um, And so that was really instrumental to my developing my identity at Saginaw. And so when I went to grad school, it was the best two years of my life. But, you know, there were a few months, absolutely, um, where I quickly had this, like, identity crisis because I wasn't Samantha Red anymore and I wasn't, like, Samantha Blue either. I, like, tried it at this event and, like, didn't work, didn't land, like, no one caught on, like... But, like, why would they, right? Because they don't know me and they don't know that I had the school spirit. And so, I yeah, the first few months, like, I really struggled with, wait, if I'm not Samantha Red, like, who am I, you know? And it took a few months to really figure out that like, I need to go through this again. I need to go through developing my identity all over again. And we learned about it in grad school, you know, um, student development theories and whatnot, and what goes into that. And so being able to do that again was really, really interesting. And I, you know, I wasn't Samantha Blue, spoiler, um, you know, and so now I'm just Samantha. I go by Samantha professionally now, it's really weird. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, to- but it's a, it's okay. You, I always say my old friends are like grandfathered in to call me Sam because it'd be so weird if like you call me Samantha. Like, I know just, I
0: called you Sam, like at the beginning of this yeah. podcast and then, then I went, wait, I wish you only introduced yourself as Samantha now.
1: <laughs> it's, again, see, everything changes, new identity. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so that was really interesting and, you know, I think it's, it is very common because. It happened, I feel like, again, in my current job, right? I feel like whenever you have that shift in where you are professionally, geographically, you go through that again and again. And so yeah. I think um, it's just so important to just be aware that that is, like, very natural to go through that, right? And to, like, just take your time finding out what you want to be in these new roles and these new, you know, positions and, and where you are. Um, yeah.
0: Beautifully said. I, I mean, I couldn't have said it any differently. Um, a couple of follow-up thoughts slash questions. Um, mm-hmm. one was it is Nova a D one school?
1: <sighs> no, I think it's D two. It's 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 a private, um, not for profit school. I think it's Division two.
0: Okay, I'm just curious because with how much school pride that you do have and like you loved going to like athletics events and like like other like social events i -hmm. can see you totally thriving at a d1 school um because i mean like working in higher ed like i can totally see you being like that staff member that shows up Mm -hmm. and shows out for students like i absolutely see it yeah Um, so that's my first thought um (laughs) b to i don't know if i started with numbers or letters i no longer remember but um (laughs) When it comes to uh, like shifting into Samantha or mm-hmm. Samantha Blue, I just think it's so interesting because I mean, so I was at a networking event recently and my best friend and my roommate, Sadie, um, she's missed downtown soup Balls. Like she is queen yeah. of downtown. Um, She works for the business um, membership organization, downtown Sioux Falls. And so she, I mean like everyone knows her. She knows and um and so like uh when I whenever I go places with her she's like you have to like mingle and like network and she's so much better at it than I am and Mm -hmm. you know me I've always been good at that like I'm Mm -hmm. so I can talk to rocks and walls and trees and whatever. but um since coming out of the pandemic and coming out of like my major depression Mm -hmm. I have severe anxiety about like going into public settings and I found that like I've been struggling with my identity lately because I'm no longer that outgoing super extroverted networker that can like go and do like I find myself like literally sweating in the corner and I'm like so anxious like when I go into those things but anyway all of this being said you like started trying to like introduce yourself as like Samantha Blue and I tried that recently and um Sadie literally was like what are you doing you need to come up with like a 30 second little elevator pitch for introducing mm-hmm. people and I was like what are you talking about she goes you literally just like mumbled the entire time and was like trying to introduce yourself and i I was like huh she goes pitch like go who who mm-hmm. are you what like what do you do as if right. you're meeting someone new and I was like hi I'm Joel and she was like no, 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 no. I was like, I don't know who I am anymore. Like, I, yeah. I can't do this. And so I do mm-hmm. think that like using that, like your identity adapting as you grow older and as you move mm-hmm. to new places and as you grow as a professional, it changes because I'm no longer like, hi, I'm Joel Kaskinen, blah, blah, blah. Like, I literally, I don't even really identify with my last name anymore because no one in Sioux Falls or Colorado knows that last name. Whereas, like, everyone in Michigan, like, knew Kaskinen. They all knew that I was very Finnish. They knew my family in my hometown in the surrounding areas of my hometown when I moved up to the UP. I would Mm -hmm. introduce myself as Joel Kaskinen and and everyone was like oh you're Scandinavian you like you you probably like migrated here or your ancestors did whatever and moving away I no longer really like associate with my last name Mm -hmm. and so I literally identify as Joel like that's what I tell people I'm like just call me Joel like I don't ever introduce myself as Joel Kaskinen like I just say like hi I'm Joel and that's that's just who I am now professionally and mm-hmm. personally. I just, I, I think it's interesting that we go through that. And so for you to bring that up, it, mm-hmm. it's, I just, I love it because it's something that I, I too am navigating right now. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think just like knowing that it's like, okay, right? Like it's okay that we are different than who we are f- five years ago in college, right? Um, and that it's like totally natural. And I think, that's, I was so caught off guard, even in grad school, like, whoa, like, I, I should not be struggling with this right now. Yeah. Um, But having that reinforcement of like, no, like, everyone goes through it. And mm-hmm. any, you know, any change that we go through is totally, um it's totally okay, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And on the flip side of it, it's okay that it's not okay, like, to be True. struggling with it, because mm-hmm we've all been there. And we don't, we don't, we're not taught how to be an adult. Mm-hmm. We're not taught how to socialize and network when we are not in a classroom setting anymore. Like mm-hmm. we, no one in our society has told us how to become professionals, how to interact with other adult humans. And so mm-hmm. I just think that It's okay to not be okay in those settings and to struggle with like, oh my God, who am I? What am I doing? But it's also totally okay to like, hey, you're changing, you're not the same person. Like go through that. Figure out who the new version of yourself is.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I love that so much. And now I'm just like thinking like my higher ed brain is turning on like, why do we not have like mandatory classes for students to take about like mental health and well being and like this kind of stuff? Can you imagine? Can you imagine how beneficial that would be to be able to have a class in college just about this and like having that like just exposure to all these topics? I mean, that would be a game changer. 100%. 100%.
0: 100%. 100%. I mean, that's why I work in mental health education now, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, we need to be having these conversations. And if it weren't for these conversations, I I wouldn't still be here, you mm-hmm. know, and so I think that it's so important that we're talking about it. And that's one of the reasons why I left higher ed is I didn't feel like my voice and my impact was landing where it should be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that is so fascinating, though, especially with you and the pandemic, and like even that shifting everything for you. Obviously, it's it's very universal um, thing that happened to all of us. But it's it's yeah, it's it's so fascinating. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Love it. It really is, right? Yeah, mental
0: (laughs) health is crazy. It's wild. It's Mm -hmm. and that's the other thing. It's so. Non-linear, if that's the mm-hmm. word that it is, but like, it's so fluid and it, mm-hmm. it hits everyone differently. And so yeah. th- I think that's the hard part about talking about it is no one shares the exact same experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So how, like, how could you possibly train every single person? Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. Is there anything else that you found with like your research, like from the pandemic, like interesting, like, um, effects on mental health? Like obviously there's like the universal, you know, effects that were had, right? But is there anything that you found really unique that affected people a certain way? Uh, you know,
0: I personally think that the most unique thing that I've seen is that the age bracket nationally, has shifted lower for higher Mm -hmm. rates of anxiety, depression, mental health, illnesses, suicide ideations, deaths by suicide. The national um, age range is uh, like for most deaths by suicide or suicide attempts right now is, I want to say it's like 10 to 14, which is like so young. And it's always statistically been like 14 to like Mm -hmm. mid 20s. Um, And so I think that it's really interesting that it's shifting downward. But if you think about it, those are the kids that were still in school during all of this. Those were Mm -hmm. the kids that didn't have access to the vaccines. Those were the kids that were really, their lives were uprooted. They were forced back into their homes. They were forced back into the classrooms, but with all of these restrictions. And, you know, I think that it's, it makes sense that the older, or that the age range for people really struggling shifted lower, Um, you know, because college students were able to kind of sort of do their thing. They're adults, and even if they're not in college, that age range still has the ability to live on their own or make their own decisions about what bubbles of people that they're spending time with. Like, kids can't do that. They're stuck in their family units. They're stuck in their classroom units, and they have no control over that.
1: Yeah, I never thought about that. I mean, at work, obviously, like our freshmen and sophomores have seen the biggest disruption, you know, in terms of like their high school proms being canceled and Mm -hmm. losing their senior year of high school. And so we always talk about how resilient they've become because they were able to adapt and um, respond to this and, you know, really grow from the experience because they're older. They're able to kind of conceptualize more of this you know, these vast changes that are happening, but I never considered these younger kids who don't, who aren't there yet to be able to really conceptualize all that.
0: Exactly it, because they don't have the developmental ability to process and understand it fully. And they don't have the infrastructure in place for support at that Mm -hmm. age either, you know? So I think there's a lot of different factors and variables that contribute, but Yeah, I mean, I would say that's the thing that I've found the most intriguing. There's so much research going on right now. Um, There's so much data that's still being compiled and collected, and I mean, I think that the CDC and the World Health Organization and so many mental health organizations, clinics, and doctors' offices, and research institutions, I mean, people are doing the work right now, but um, I'm really curious to see the long-term mental health impacts of the pandemic. Uh, and the structures that come out of it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's lots of work to be done. There's lots of moves that we can make, but it's it's at the the large scale that it needs to be implemented, and we're never gonna make that happen because politically, societally, we're just not on the same page.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do feel like we where we are right now big picture wise is the best place that we've been in terms of like mental health awareness in general. Like when I was a kid, like I never heard that term at all until I was like almost in college or grad school. And so I feel like, you know, the exposure that we have right now, yes, it is still political, but I think that like we have such good momentum with it being more, um acceptable and awareness and just like celebration of you know uplifting the importance of mental health education and um resources I think right now like we're it's an upward trend right
0: (laughs) yes yes um I want to follow up on something that you just said uh because I do think that it's interesting and I've talked about this with some other guests that I've had on so you didn't even like really know that term mental health until like college grad school you know Mm -hmm. end of high school time frame do you remember when the first time that you experienced mental health or you heard the phrase mental health or anyone talked to you about this because like it for me in growing up in Michigan especially Mm -hmm. a rural small town you were a little more urban than I but um Mm -hmm. we never had that talked about in our like health classes we never talked about i mean we didn't even like talk about sex ed it was like abstinence, and like i mean we you didn't talk about this stuff like so i'm just I'm, i'm very curious for other people when they first heard the phrase or like realized that mental health was a thing
1: i think yeah i think it would have been college honestly i remember i mean being an ra like we have a lot of access to the counselors for trainings and whatnot And so that was the really first time. And even then it was kind of like shocking, like, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was so new and like I didn't realize that it affected, you know, younger students, you know, college students. It was more of like, you know, an older, you know, like midlife crisis thing. Um, And so I would say definitely college. And then I think really even. Taking a bigger look at it was until grad school, with our, you know, um, student theory classes and whatnot, yeah. and really like looking into what are the factors, intersectionality, um, like how do all these things affect us mentally and emotionally. Um, so yeah, I think you know it was definitely um, later in my, in my, you know, my own development. Um, and so I, I I really hope that it's talked more in schools now. I imagine it would be with COVID, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it is, it is super interesting.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, totally just lost my train of thought. Um, COVID, I don't, I don't, it's totally gone. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's wild and I really hope that we talk about it more coming out of this. And, you know, I think that the increase of mental health nonprofits and mental health organizations and political organizations like Moms Demand Action and Mm -hmm. the Judd Foundation and the Trevor Project and, you know, just to to write Love on Her Arms, like thinking of all of these national organizations, I think that they're going to have a large push Mm -hmm. coming out of the pandemic and in the future uh so i'm really curious to see where the research lands and where funding gets directed especially towards these organizations and uh, initiatives and projects and all of that stuff
1: yeah i think it is promising though because Um, I do think that obviously like this, um, you know, early college student generation right now will be super resilient from all COVID and whatnot, but imagine how resilient, you know, these young kids will be in 10 or 20 years. I I mean, obviously I hope, you know, that it does continue and that it becomes ingrained in them so young and I just, I can't imagine how awesome it will be in 10 years Um, in terms of just that awareness and that um, access to resources for all these groups. I I hope that it is just like a brand new world in 10 years and that there's so much more spotlight on this. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm going to fight to make it happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um. Yes, 100%. I've been kind of like toying around with, obviously, I'm like still new to my role and I love my job so far and I'm curious to see what happens with it in the next little bit, but I have been toying around with the idea of moving into policy work and advocacy around mental health education. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm politically engaged for sure, but I'm, I'm not trained in it. And so I I don't know what that's gonna look like, but I have been really thinking about like the advocacy component and the policy component of, I have a voice and I have a platform and I have tons of privilege and I have the ability to make changes. And I think that because I am an influential voice, you know, like my character traits are very influential. I hold a lot of power over people. I'm a white man. You know, like I have access to a lot of things. And so I do think that like, as an influential voice, I can make change. I just Mm -hmm. have to figure out what that looks like and how to do it. So yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about like in the future for career trajectory. What does Mm -hmm. uh, advocacy, what does um, policy look like? How can I enact change?
1: I love that, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, curious, curious, curious. Um, so anywho, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to chat about today?
1: I mean, I think that covered a lot of it, right? I mean, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I had a lot of fun just talking about this stuff with you. Can we just, like, talk, like, every week with, like, an unofficial podcast? (laughs) Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an underground version.
0: (laughs) Should we create a, like...
1: Spinoff Maybe podcast a, or
0: a spin-off <laughs> podcast with you and I where we just talk about this stuff.
1: Yes, can we also like debrief TV shows like The Crown, This Is Us?
0: One hundred percent.
1: Awesome, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> My drink is already poured. I am ready. <laughs> okay. Reason,
0: glass.
2: Here we go. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh honestly that would be so fun i love that as if i need a third podcast i I, uh, would have no personal life outside of sitting in front of a camera and a microphone
1: (laughs) (laughs) i have an idea and i will tell you it for a really great like podcast like video what do they call when they have the video component too it's like a video cast
0: i don't know i just call it a podcast
1: podcast still are you gonna you don't post these videos do you
0: no, um, I post videos for my podcast for work, but I don't okay. post videos at all for my personal podcast. A no. little
1: well, late for me to ask, isn't
0: it? <laughs> I mean, mostly not. just because I'm like you, I'm hideous. I'm not posting that, but.
1: So I have a great idea of like a video podcast. So okay. um think like Bob Ross, um, yeah. You, ha- everyone has their own canvas. Everyone's on camera. You know, drinking some beverages, having a good time. They're all following, um, you know, the paint-along thing. They're having conversations. And they show, like, their finished product when they're done. And hopefully the worse, the better, right? Like, you know, the worse, the painting. <laughs> I
0: mean, Wouldn't like, that
1: be so much uh, fun?
0: That would be really fun.
1: And then you said have, like, this wall full of, like, your all your paintings <laughs> from all your episodes. And they're all just, like... <laughs> horrible (laughs) mine would be
0: at least (laughs) mine would be awful oh my gosh I just went um watercolor painting the other day with my roommates and holy Toledo every single person that was at this event was so good and then mine was literally so fucking bad I was like kind of embarrassed to be taking a picture with it afterwards because we all like stood around with and got our photos taken i was like this is the ugliest fucking thing i've ever seen and everyone else is our masterpieces
1: you're just in the back you can't even see your painting you literally uh, yeah i'm
0: just in the back
1: No. Yeah. I, um, I had to do something for work one time, like follow along something and it just was terrible. I, I wish I was crafty to be able to like do things like that and like find it like stress relieving, but it gives me more stress somehow. So yeah. Or, you know, crazy town. Anywho. (laughs) So let's round things out here.
0: Um, you know, the drill, I always end the podcast by asking my guests, what the word sisu means to them so if you're a new listener everyone i'm finnish the word sisu is a finnish word that translates to english as guts determination resilience grit strength those kinds of themes those kinds of terms those kinds of characteristics um so samantha as it pertains to your mental health journey and Mm -hmm. today in this moment, as we're recording, what does the word sissue mean to you?
1: Definitely, I think I'm going to actually reference one of my favorite um, authors, Matthew Kelly. He's a Catholic author. Um, And his uh, really kind of like mantra phrase um, was always becoming the best version of yourself but recently he has shifted it to becoming a better version of yourself because becoming the best version of yourself is kind of a lofty goal. It seems almost unattainable, like how do you become the best version of yourself tomorrow, right? But becoming a better version of yourself every day is much more graspable, right? And much more attainable. And so I think for me, it just means like a better version every day, right? And what can I do today to become a little bit better in my mental health and that journey um, where I am with work, where I am with my family? Um, I think just making that. Um, that really small shift, um, it makes a huge difference in terms of um, our goals and how we achieve them. So better version of ourselves every day.
0: I love that. Will you (laughs) send me like a link to his, like a book or just his website or something so I can add to the show notes?
1: Definitely. Absolutely.
0: I'd love that. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, well then lastly, where can people find you? Do you have like passion projects you wanna plug? Do you have social, uh, an email or your work? Where can people find you? Because this podcast is all about connecting and building community.
1: Yeah, I would say the best way is probably on Twitter. Um, I'm not on Instagram as much these days. Uh, My Twitter is at Samantha M. Hall, H-U-L-L. I believe it's that, right? I'm mean, not on Twitter yes. that often, but I will. I will be on um, in case anyone wants to connect. But yeah, that's probably the best place. Um, and then one day, hopefully I'm running some like school spirit organization company and then you can just connect with me on there. <laughs>
0: <Yes>.
1: <laughs> so, well, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course, thanks for being my year anniversary guest. <laughs> I can't believe it's been a year already but I'm thrilled that you get to share this moment with me and I cannot wait to keep going and see what happens I mean season two this is only my third episode of season two but I have so many great guests lined up and I cannot wait to see where we go from here
1: awesome I love it
0: love it love it love it love it well, thank you so much, Samantha. Obviously, I love you and appreciate you, and am so grateful for you.
1: Yes, much love, much love. Right back at you, friend.
0: Yay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to connect with me, you can email me at itsallinmyhead.show at gmail.com, add me on Instagram at itsallinmyhead.show, or connect with me on Twitter at allinmyheadshow.